the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. Welcome back. Wednesday, September 15th, 2021, as we head into our final hour. We uh, got a couple lines on hold. Uh, we'll get to you, I promise. 602-508-0960 is the number. Doug in Maricopa was with us and still is uh, talking about how what Doug exactly is the way you how did you put it so nicely the narrative uh that controlling is narrative is reality. what controls yeah the, ne- the controlling narrative is what controls basically yes yes yeah the controlling the narrative becomes the reality for many people and it can defy truth it can defy logic if it's, if the narrative is set enough and it, one of the my my thought process these days is I, I so admire the liberals in their passion and willingness to fight for a false narrative. They will fight with dogged persistence to control and always repeat the narrative, even in the face of everything. They fight doggedly. Even if they lose, they stand there and repeat the narrative. They do that with false... Uh, it's a false narrative. We can't even get the Republican elected leaders to fight a true narrative and we can't get them to fight the truth. If we, and and the only way we are going to win, if you see everything that's going on in my estimation is they'll get away with it. There will be nothing done because we are doing nothing to alter the narrative. We need a counter narrative, but to have a counter narrative, it has to be, be repeated. And it has to be repeated often. When you're in an interview, repeat the narrative. And if they question you with other questions, repeat the narrative. See, we don't think, we say, well, that's not intellectual enough. Repeat the narrative of truth and freedom, and I, that there is a moral superiority to liberty. And repeat it enough so that it begins to sink into people. But we don't. We, let, let, you know, let me back up and say, we often half repeat. We think we're intellectually smart because we see both sides. Now, if I analyze that correctly, we're saying that we understand and we'll accept 10, 20, 30, 40 percent of the liberal side. And I look at that very strongly these days and say that is stupidity and ignorance. You are not more intellectually wise by saying that. Let's analyze that quickly. If you have a series of assumptions and logic on the left that gives a moral and political outcome as hideous and authoritarian, then why would you assume any of the steps that get you there are good? So to say I'm wise by us, and so to adopt any part of that narrative doesn't make you wiser. You're already adopting parts of a false narrative. And so you're ruining and polluting your narrative. And I think we got to be confident and repeat a narrative. But I don't know how you get the Republicans to do that. You can't get them to, to peep up. They're afraid of offending someone. Oh, by the way, 
if you say you're not wanting to offend, you're saying you don't want to change. Because any time you question or change a liberal, what are you going to get but a panic? Right. I think, no, no, stay with me. There's a lot you said there, and it engenders a, a few initial thoughts. First of all, it's it's important for people to understand how aggressive the left um, the left uh, solidifies and reifies that narrative. It's important to know the aggression with which they do it. Uh, yes, the obvious ones are in front of our faces: censorship. You can't say that on Twitter. Oh, you did? We'll block you. Uh, Facebook, same. You, you you take that point. Those are the obvious ones. But then there are the unobvious ones. I read an op-ed from a retired history teacher yesterday. I'll say it again. I'm glad he's retired. It was an op-ed in the Arizona Republic. And in that op-ed, it had to do with uh, – it was basically about uh, January 6th and comparing it to the Civil War. And among the things that op-ed recited was that five people were killed in the January 6th riots. It's a monumental uh, falsehood. It's simply not true. And any fact checker or editor at an op-ed in normal times would have – or in a normal world, let me put it that way. In a normal world would have deleted that line, would have edited it out. Now, I've had the, shall we call it, opportunity to write some op-eds in my own name and a lot of op-eds in other people's names for papers bigger than the Arizona Republic including the Arizona Republic, though, but bigger than that. And I know how damned hard these editors make you work to substantiate every single point when you're a conservative. It's really hard. Talk to a conservative that has had an op-ed in the New York Times or the Washington Post, and they will tell you it's like going through the seven circles or the nine circles of hell to get it approved with every little niggle and edit they, they come up with and fact check. It, they don't do that to the left. They don't do that. They, they, the op-ed yesterday would have been at least edited out five sentences that were just historically and contemporarily false. False. Wrong. And yet those are the kinds of things that help solidify the narrative, Doug, that we are up against. So it's not just that it's dominant from the volume of the megaphones – and the volume of uh, the uh, the microphones, it's also the content. It's also the content. And you're not allowed on it. And if we do let you on it, it will only be in a very narrow zone that you cannot move out of. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's it, one it, thing. They work with yeah. a lot of aggression that we need to recognize. The yeah. second thing is yeah. you can't assume that people know what you know. And I, every time I make a mistake in public speaking, it's that one. Every single time yeah. I make a mistake, that's the mistake. You assume something. I guess in court you would say it. You assume a fact, not an evidence. You assume a fact, not accepted. I'll tell you an. Ex- mm-hmm. I was with I was with some friends a couple weekends ago, two weekends ago, and. One of them, he's a very, very smart, appropriate, and I would probably say culturally conservative recent college grad. 
probably culturally conservative, you know, doesn't do probably has never done a drug in his life. It's uh, never, you know, you know who what I'm talking about, a, a relative, you know, sure, a, a, sure. someone who lives culturally conservatively. And we about, I don't know, six or seven of us were in the room just having a chat. And it obviously got around to COVID. And this young recent college graduate, he said, well, for example, I mean, unmasking, there are these people out there that that say it can do it can do like harm to children that they're crazy aren't they i've never met such a person but i know it's out there and i said well i'm one of them i raised my hand she goes what he he said what you're one of them and i said yeah and i explained why and they that that person said oh i never thought of it that way you can't assume people i mean i go around assuming people understand the debate about certain things and i err they don't they never heard it they have never heard it. No. You can get along in this world. I had. It reminds me of another conversation I had with a high school student, a smart high school student from California, very smart, very well-traveled, very privileged, who when we were talking about January 6th and last summer said there were riots in this country last year. Yeah. You yeah. can't assume people know. And the reason you can't is because you underestimate not you, but we tend to underestimate how strong the cultural narrative is. The problem you, well, the in, edifice you're discussing, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're 100% correct. And I think because we assume there's a certain point at which we jump off into a higher, higher discussion, we make the mistake that the Democrats do not. And that is to say the narrative is always basic, it's about basic truths of assumptions from which the higher, you know, rationalization occurs. We need to keep repeating the basics in all the arguments. I've learned lately that when they talk about the big subjects, I go back to the basics. And you can, but you've got to keep repeating the narrative in such a way. And we, as a party, if think of this: if we had half the courage and half the belief in freedom that the left had the passion and the belief in authoritarianism we would be willing to fight a little more we'd be willing to give up our cable and give that uh, money to two or three other candidates i've given up tables and i give that exact amount of money wow i have about eight different things i've i've given up oh Doug, and this I'm is not great this is my great. budget no i love the eight things uh, let me put let me put you on hold. Uh, I want to go to another call, and I'm going to come back to you on this, on the, if you're willing to do so. I'd love to hear what those eight things are, and I want to call something the Doug Plan. Give up your cable and donate to conservatives with that money you save. I'm all in on that. Can you wait? Can you hold? If you can, great. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. It's really a beautiful song. It's a wish list, a love with a love letter of wishes. By Eric Clapton. You an Eric Clapton fan there, Chris? Yeah. We asked the question the other day, if you could only listen to one musician or band for an entire day and not be annoyed by it, who would it be? I put. It's a list I'd like to create. It might be interesting. I wonder if Eric Clapton would be on people's lists. He's diverse enough in his music. My gosh, you think about the range uh, that goes from, you know, that song to pretending to... Uh, Gosh, uh, his whole uh, – it, it's kind of interesting. He's like Billy Joel. Every album is different. Every album is a different sound. 
in any event, Jeff is in Phoenix. Uh, Doug, I'm going to come back to you. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hi, Seth. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Great. Elvis. Elvis could do it, too, probably. Yeah, sure. What but what Elvis do you like? Do you like the later or the earlier Elvis better? Um, I like the earlier Elvis you do? better. I assume yeah. you like the earlier Frank Sinatra better, too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. We played Frank... We played Frank Sinatra at my dad's funeral. Oh, you did? One yes, song in particular or way. just his whole... I did it my way. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. Paul, great Paul Anka song, right? Yeah. When, uh, so, if, uh, if that was recently, my condolences. Oh, no. Um, uh, thank you very much. My dad uh, died in the 90s. Okay. He, uh, uh, just shout out. He served on Iwo Jima. So... Um, my dad well, was, thank uh, you for his real. service. I want maybe maybe our dads knew each other. Yeah, he was a awesome. real hero. Good. Anyway, I wonder. Um, I wonder if he knew Ira Hayes. I don't know. My dad was a corpsman with the Navy, and he was attached to the Fourth Marine Division, and they were the first guys to hit the beach of Iwo Jima. That's so and interesting. My dad was, Go he ahead. was only there less than two days, so he uh, got shot or shrapnel in the back, and. Uh, um, had to go, and he spent the rest of his time in Hawaii. So. Interesting. Of, as his, as he, he won a bronze star for that. What he, those two days. So. Interesting. Ira Hayes. Do you know that story? Ira Hayes was one of the six people who hoisted the flag. He was in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was a long. They, that was a long time after my dad was way back. Oh, I gotcha. They, I gotcha. There was a lot of dead. Unfortunately, a lot of deaths between there and then. Um, that, it's just unbelievable to think about what those kids. At 17, my dad was seven. He just turned 18 years old, and um, I, I, it's, a, it's. I think about it every day now. It's just, it's weird. All this stuff, this, and this takes me completely off my subject. I'm sorry, but no, it doesn't, these, because I read your subject is patriotism. So I don't yeah, think it yeah. takes you off. No, it. well, it's not. Yeah, exactly. But okay, <laughs> it takes me to a point where I might get emotional. But my father, I didn't know he even had a war medal until I was 12 years old because he never talked about it. Yep, I found them in his closet. And my dad won a Bronze Star, Purple Heart, got accommodation from the. <clears throat> excuse me. But anyway, he never talked about that yeah. stuff, and he never talked about it after I even until he was really out here. We he retired out here after I moved out here. My sister lived here, all that, and, uh, and then his brother actually we got him to write the story down, and it's uh, pretty powerful to read and everything. Jeff, but, I'm uh, not going to rush you. I, you have all the time, so don't feel rushed. This is this is kind of interesting. I was just thinking as you were speaking of of the medals and, and, and decor my dad had, decorations my dad had, and they were in a box in the farthest, remotest part of the house, which was his study, which no one ever went into. And you think about well, that and your dad, and I think it's true of most war veterans, yeah. you think about that. Yeah. As compared to, say, an actor who, when you walk in, if they were fortunate enough to win an award, that's the first thing you see. That's the first well, thing you see is that award in their living room or over their <laughs> hearth or whatever. We, and you think about what's real achievement in this world and what's real achievement in this world. You know, we we live in a world of narcissism, right? So, right. But I was searching for I was I was home alone looking for guns in my dad's closet because I knew there he had guns in there. And I found in the farthest reaches of his closet these small boxes with these war medals. And I was like, my mom came home. She caught me. I'm like, well, what are these things? Oh, my God, you're not supposed to be in there. What do you, you know, those are your dad's war medals. He doesn't speak, talk about that. I mean, it, it was just, it's a totally different scenario for me to think about what's going on now. And then the other day when these, <clears throat> excuse me.
excuse me, these men, these men and women were killed over there. And this man that we consider a president, it, it disturbs me. We esteem the wrong things. Um, Jeff, we esteem the wrong things. I was just well, as, it, it as I was saying, well, I was I was listening to your story uh, about your dad for a second. And you said that he was there earlier. There were a lot of bodies. Is that how you put it? There were a lot of bodies that not met their fate. Well, a lot of a lot of deaths in between the time Isaac, they raised that flag and when my dad first hit the beach. I mean, it reminded me of an old Spartan story on patriotism, an old Spartan story. I think I'll have it mostly right. But it has to do with um, a Spartan woman whose sons were off to war, and they were killed. And they won the war. And someone, whoever the official was, I just don't remember what they called him, then came and told her of her five sons being killed. And she screamed at him. And she said, I don't care about that. We won the victory. <laughs> we won the victory. Now, that is a different kind of patriotism, I'll tell you. But we're, boy, very, very far fallen from that. That's well, what patriotism meant, the cause. Exactly. Well, I'll just go to this, here to this, and then I'll just say one, and then I'll say one thing at the end, which uh, might be disturbing to people, but I wanted to hear it. Um, this whole thing, what your gentleman caller was talking about before, is, Exactly. Are we as conservatives willing to win this war? Are we willing to speak up in the grocery store, the gym, the party? When we hear these people that we know are flat out wrong, that are spreading lies, not disinformation, flat out lies, flat out mistruths or flat out things to deceive you purposely. We need to speak up. People need to open their mouths and speak up and start speaking the truth. And we need to get people to facilitate that somehow, some way. People need to get some guts, man. Because, you know, I, I think about Ashley Babbitt all the time. And I know she was, a, she was in the service. And if she knew that what had happened to her at that Capitol somehow made us as people wake up and do and speak the truth and do the right thing. And actually, these people only can do what they can do right now because of America. They could never do this in any country that they supposedly love yeah. because those people would put them down. Yep. Oh, I Think know. Oh, I, I, I remember when Ilan when Omar stood at the front steps of the Capitol and said, we have a tyrant for a president who is tyrannizing our communities. And I thought, you need a new dictionary, kiddo. You know, you need a new dictionary. Um, no one could call out a tyrant and survive, <laughs> you know, in in a place where there's real tyranny. You're 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 misusing that. You don't know what you're talking about. These people don't know what they're talking about, Jeff. They just don't know. Or if they do, they're trying to pull one on us. Hey, there it is. I'm with you on. Uh, thank you. I'm with you on this point, though. This is what Dennis said. He said we will not win back our politics until conservatives are as comfortable coming out of the closet as every other kind of possible American is today. We're in a confessionary moment, and you can declare your truth about anything except your conservatism. Let's change that. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I don't know if you're like me. I don't know where you all 
where most people learn their vocabulary outside of school. Most of my vocabulary I did learn outside of school was from reading and music. In that song, I learned a vocabulary word, too. Doug, are you still there? I still am. And I got to tell you, I actually have an emotional reflex. Okay. Uh, It's been developed because of my bad habits and my embarrassment on the show. When I first hear your voice come on, I immediately scramble to my phone to make sure I don't have myself on mute. (laughs) We've made you paranoid about that, haven't we? Yes. But it's worked. Well, for good reason. Yeah, it's worked. Yeah, for good reason. You are coming yeah, through. Yes, and it's worked. Yeah, you are coming yeah. for, coming through loud and clear as a result. See, yeah. my education style works, Doug. Public shaming. <laughs> Public shaming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to fear. It's only you, me, and a couple hundred thousand yeah, people yeah, in your audience. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, listen, let, me, well, got, let me let me set this up yeah, because yeah. I, I would have gotten sure. a million calls and emails. That's an exaggeration. I would have gotten a lot of emails and calls if I had let you go after you said I have about eight ideas, and one of them is yeah. to cancel cable and use that cable. savings oh, yeah. and spend it on or don't use that savings to 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 help fund truly conservative candidates now if 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 i had let you go when you said you had more ideas like that i would have gotten emails and calls saying i want to know the rest of them that's a really 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 good idea well i had to start thinking about because i the worst thing i ever did was call and complain about the gutlessness of us that we, we hold that these heroes go to Iwo Jima. And my friend who did three tours of duty in the DMZ, a hardcore Marine, and the guy who sat there and said they actually threw their food away because it was a waste of weight because what was treasured was ammo. And they ate bugs and monkeys because they would put up with that as long as they had it. It was hand and knife. And, I mean, you listen to what they did for freedom, and I'm like, we can't get our sorry butts off the couch. Mm-hmm. How can we say we treasure liberty when that? And so I started having to assess myself. So I shouldn't have opened my mouth um, because basically I I did cancel cable because it was costing um, almost $90 a month. And, um, and it was very uncomfortable because you don't realize you have habits and patterns. And I had to give, I wasn't watching Fox, I wasn't, but I can get Newsmax online free. Mm, mm, and so I can do other things. And so I have committed to spending that money. I am not saving that money to buy other toys. Right. I have to say, if I believe in this, and you asked if I would ever run for office, I have to keep um, painting to stay alive and, and help my family and do other things. But I can commit to working extra to give that money I earn extra, extra jobs. I take on extra jobs. I sell extra things. You know, when I want to go to bed, it's like I'm going to do a few extra things that earn money, and that money goes to political causes. And if I think, oh, I'm tired, it's like compared to what? Compared to standing barefoot in Valley Forge, give me a break. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're pansies. We, uh, we people claim liberty, and we're pan, we're emotional pansies. I, I give up Starbucks. And because uh, you can you can piddle away twenty five dollars a month, fifty dollars a month or more, and that money goes to candidates. But you have to commit to give it away. And I spend also a lot of my free time instead of diddling away, I actually investigate real hardcore fighters, not people who talk conservative, but don't want to fight. Because the difference between a conservative who talks and doesn't fight and a leftist is zero. 
the leftists will win unless he's willing to doggedly fight. And one of my pride and joys is I gave money for Ted Cruz, a lot of money to Ted Cruz, when he was running against an establishment Republican. Ted Cruz was not supported by the Republican Party, but he won. And I, I and it is an eternal pride that I helped get, get him elected. It, he is a fighter. I also quit eating out. Now, people say, but that's entertaining. I would rather say in my elder years that I did something to hold back the left than to say I dined out because you most of these things become memories they're pleasures that become memories um, I quit upgrading cars ah. I, I'm driving a 12 year old car and I keep it in an excellent shape that money that I would that I put aside for cars is going to candidates I was going I foregoed I, I, I'm foregoing a remodel um, get, uh, I stopped getting a, a new bed. I'm doing my own landscaping because I was spending a hundred dollars a month on landscaping. Okay, you you have okay, given I a changed. template to our audience. There is really no excuse. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. I only have twenty seconds with you left, Doug. Hard twenty seconds. When you gave up cable, after about a week, it wasn't that hard, was it? It was amazing. I don't even miss it now. There you go. There you go. Bless you, sir. That's pa- what you did is patriotism. How do you act patriotically? Do what Doug said. Be right back. Apples of gold and carvings are frames of silver. Don't confuse. Don't confuse what the frame is and what the picture is and what's for what. What's designed for what? Just having a conversation with uh, Pro Temp over here. And uh, <laughs> talking about that. Uh, portions of the show, I should mention, are brought to you by a great company, roofing company, Trades Unlimited, truly for any and all of your roofing needs. Such great customer service, uh, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. I've used them for my own roof, for repairs, replacements, inspections. Trades Unlimited is the place to call. They want me to let you know if you have a flat roof, you might consider their foam roofing. Uh, foam uh, roof benefits are insulation from the atrocious heat, silence, noise, and obviously water leaks. And if your roof is over a certain number of years old, depending on what kind of it, uh, what kind it is, even if it's five years old, it needs inspection if it's a certain kind of roofing because the roofs will disintegrate and leaks begin. Give Trades Unlimited a call for any of your roofing needs. 480-483-1775, 480-483-1775, or visit them online at tradesunlimited.com. That's tradesunlimited.com. Um, I was going to make a point about the last call, sacrifice and patriotism. It's probably not a point I need to make right now. I'll just accept and hope people understood that what Doug said he was giving up has monumental possibilities. Monumental possibilities. There's a lot of people who want to do the patriotic thing and aren't able to sign up for the military, so to speak. Uh, There are other things you can do. Yeah, supporting candidates who support the Constitution, who believe in constitutionalism, not candidates who tell you who they are. I think we're tired of that. I think we're tired of candidates that tell you who they are, but candidates who have shown you who they are. I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon, and I'll tell you about that at the end of the show. But 
Time has come out. Time magazine, as I mentioned, has come out with its 100 most influential people. Uh, I was joking. I'm not. <laughs> I was upset I wasn't on it. No, but there's an important point here. 100 most influential people. You want to talk about how um, propaganda and prejudice and narrative works. You want to have a conversation about bias. You want to have a conversation about how the media shapes and reifies a certain narrative. I'll give it to you. Time magazine. The kind of magazine you would find in a doctor's office or possibly even a requirement to read for school, high school perhaps, or college. I remember in college, in my freshman year uh, poli-sci class, it was a requirement for intro poli-sci to read the New York Times every day, and we'd get pop quizzes on what was in it, believe it or not. So don't be surprised. Time magazine could possibly do the same, although not at college, maybe in the high school level. In any event popular magazine like Time has its 100 most influential people, and it does President Xi Jinping of China. Now, I'm not going to complain. He is an influential person. But let me just read you what the entry is on him a little bit. May I? Uh, This one was written by a former prime minister of some other country, Tsakigian Elbidorj. I don't know who it is. Doesn't matter. This is what Time published about the president of China. I have met with President Xi around 30 times, and we have chatted one-on-one on some occasions. But for the sake of time and space, I would like to highlight three points when I talk about President Xi. First, President Xi loves his country and his people dearly. Second, President Xi has no arrogance. He treats people or counterparts from other countries as equals. And third, I have no illusions about President Xi's policies as a whole. Okay. Okay. It's the former president of Mongolia. Okay. That's President Xi. He loves his country and his people dearly. Now, let's give some credit to Time for stating the obvious and listing Donald Trump as one of the 100 most influential people. It's fair. It's a fair listing. But what does Time magazine give you about him? Remember, Xi is charismatic, loves his country, loves his people. I'll just start with the opening. This is the very opening, the very top of the entry on Donald Trump in Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential Leaders. On his very first day as president, Donald Trump stood on hollowed ground at the CIA and boasted of holding the all-time record in the history of Time Magazine for being on the cover. The record is actually held by Richard Nixon, the other modern president in competition for doing the most violence to values, norms, honor, and decency undergirding American democracy. Want the top of the second paragraph? In 2021, in 2021, Trump arguably surpassed Nixon as a menace to the Constitution. Do understand what's happening here. You see it, right? Did you get it? President of China loves his country and his people dearly. Kind. No arrogance. Treats counterparts and people from other countries as equals. Donald Trump, done violence to the values, norms, honor, and decency undergirding American democracy, surpassing Nixon as the greatest menace to the Constitution as a president of the United States. Can you imagine Time magazine in 19... 
39, having kinder words for Joe Stalin or Adolf Hitler than FDR. Can you imagine that? I want you to. I want you to. Not saying Donald Trump is FDR, by the way. I'm talking about communism versus democracy. I'm talking about Marxism versus Madisonianism. I'm talking about freedom versus tyranny. And I'm talking about human civilization versus civilization abuse. It shouldn't be hard. But then again, politics and the ideology of the left is nothing but hard, durable, strong, impermeable. I just wish our movement were the same. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Those of, uh, those of our listeners in the Jewish community, not only uh, obviously Happy New Year, but wishing you a easy fast. I kept threatening yesterday to do this, talking about backing people who say who they are versus who show you who they are. It reminded me of a poem by Edgar Guest. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eye's a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but the example is always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds. For to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I soon can learn to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do, for I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I'm eager to be kind. When a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stays behind, just to see if he can help him. Then the wish grows strong in me to become as big and thoughtful as I know that friend to be. And all travelers can witness that the best of guides today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. One good man teaches many. Men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness noticed is worth forty that are told. Who stands with men of honor learns to hold his honor dear. For right living speaks a language which to everyone is clear. Though an able speaker charms me with his eloquence, I say I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. God bless you all. Until tomorrow, class Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.